chapter thirty two of the autobiography of a supertramp by william h davies this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by expatriate in bangor maine chapter thirty two at last in spite of these occasional successes with long john and others i was often at my wit's end to procure food and shelter this always happened when i travelled alone i was now heartily sick of this wandering from town to town and every day seemed to get more unfortunate until the first day in december when forced by extreme want i resolved to enter the city at once knowing that a pound was already there waiting my pleasure that night i was back in the farmhouse and what a genial spirit seemed to animate the old coke fire not at all like the death-dealer the waster of time who robbed a human being of his energy and a kitten of its play oh no for this one night we were the best of friends and sunny smiles passed between us until bedtime i had been away five months and would still have to suffer owing to this early return knowing that i would not have courage to sell in the streets of london and that i would be compelled to eke out a living on five shillings a week until the beginning of the new year this being a half-crown for lodgings and the same for food i was very well satisfied with myself at this time with the prospect of the new year before me and at once began to get my work ready for the press when all original composition was done and it was necessary to make ready a copy for the printer even at this time i was confronted with a foolish hindrance one library in lambeth which at one time had a table with pens ink and blotting-pads for the convenience of visitors had had these things removed but seeing no sign to the contrary i still thought i would be allowed to take possession of a corner of this table and write providing i supplied my own material so this library was chosen for my week's writing but i was warned off at the commencement thoroughly incensed at this fresh and paltry hindrance i sought a library where i knew my work could be continued without interference even if the writing of it took some years this library was not so convenient as the other being some distance away but there i at last succeeded in performing my task now came the new year when independent of others i would be enabled to assist myself if i failed in making success the disappointment would be mine only and if i succeeded there would be none other to thank but myself on receiving this money in the first week in january i lost no time in seeing the printer and arranging for an edition of two hundred and fifty copies the cost to be nineteen pounds this amount certainly did not cover expenses and here began the series of kindnesses which after a few more disappointments were to follow this printer placed the manuscript in the hands of a good reader and that gentleman was put to considerable trouble being baffled and interested in turns the last two lines of a poem entitled the hillside park are entirely his both in thought and expression i mention this because two or three correspondents liked the poem in question and one thought the last two lines the best so i take this opportunity to clear my conscience there was nothing to complain of both printer and reader being at great pains and patience to make the work better than it was naturally i thought if there was any interest shown it would not be in the author's personality but in the work itself 
and for this reason gave the farmhouse a common lodging-house as my address i was under the impression that people would uninterestedly think the farmhouse to be a small printing establishment or a small publishing concern of which they had not heard to which they would forward their orders and business would be transacted without their being any the wiser in the first week in march i received my first printed copy the printer had sent thirty copies or more to the various papers and i was now waiting the result which came at last in the shape of two very slim reviews from the north a yorkshire paper saying that the work had rhymes that were neither intricate nor original and a scotch paper saying that the work was perfect in craftsmanship rather than inspired this was very disappointing more so to know that others who were powerless to assist me were interesting themselves on my behalf although i still had confidence that the work contained some good things i began to think that there must be some glaring faults which made the book as a whole impossible to review this first thought became my first belief when other notices did not follow weeks and weeks went by and having now started to drink and losing control of my will in this disappointment i had come down to my last ten shillings and had a good seven months to go before my money was again due first of all i had serious thoughts of destroying this work the whole two hundred and odd copies which were under lock and key in my room and to then set to work carefully on new matter and when my income was again due to again mortgage it in another attempt being very impulsive this no doubt would have been there and then commenced had i not been confronted with the difficulty of doing so there was only one way of doing this properly and that was by fire which would require privacy my room was the only place where i could do this without being seen but that contained neither stove nor grate and even if it had two hundred books would take a number of sleepless nights to render into ashes i thought with some bitterness of having to go on tramp again and it was in one of these bitter moments that i swore a great oath that these copies good or bad should maintain me until the end of the year for i would distribute the books here and there sending them to successful people and they would probably pay for their copies perhaps not so much for what merit they might think the work contained as for the sake of circumstances this idea no sooner possessed me than i began preparing for its execution for this purpose i obtained stamps and envelopes and six copies were at once posted the result was seen in a couple of days three letters two containing the price of the book and the third from the charity organization the latter writing on behalf of a gentleman who had become interested and would like to come to my assistance remembering these people in the past through my former experience with them i had no great hopes at the present time in spite of the kind-hearted interest of the gentleman in question however i called on them the next morning and after the usual long wait in a side room which i believe is not through any great stress of business but so as to bring one's heart down to the freezing point of abject misery and to extinguish one by one his many hopes after this weary waiting i received an interview there is not sufficient venom in my disposition to allow me to describe this meeting in words fit and bitter for its need this life is too short to enable me to recover from my astonishment which will fill me for a good many years to come the questions and answers which had passed between us on our former interview two years previous were now before them 
but they questioned again in the same strain and my answers corresponded with those of the past for i told no lies apparently they had no chance here so they came at once to the business in hand you have written to a gentleman asking for his assistance not liking this way of explaining my conduct i said no not exactly that but have been trying to sell him some work that i had done it seemed that they knew nothing of this work or that it better suited their purpose to appear ignorant so it was necessary to give them the full particulars was not the book a success they asked not caring to admit failure and still thinking the work worthy of a little success i answered not yet but it is too early to judge it as a failure then i gave it in confidence that a gentleman well known in southwark and who often wrote articles on literary subjects had promised to review it in one of the evening papers which might lead to other notices what is the name of this gentleman the name was at once mentioned for there was no reason that i knew of to withhold it but instead of this name doing me good as i then expected it probably made this case of mine more unfavourable for i have been told since that this gentleman had more than once attacked the ways and methods of this organization both on the public platform and through the press not knowing this at that time i thought it extremely fortunate to be enabled to mention the favour of such a well-known local man all went smoothly for a while although i could plainly see that these people did not recognise the writing of books as work and were plainly disgusted at the folly of sacrificing an income to that end their next question confirmed this opinion do you ever do anything for a living i mentioned that i had tramped the country as a hawker during the previous summer but had suffered through want of courage could not make anything like a living and was often in want and without shelter there was a rather long pause and the charity organization rose slowly to their feet and said mr davies do you really expect this gentleman who has written to us to maintain you is there anything the matter with you what was the matter with me did not seem to escape many people and it was most certainly noted by the smallest toddler that played in the street but the charity organization did not think proper to recognize any other than an able man strong in the use of all his limbs no said these people you must do the same as you did last summer which in other words was go on tramp starve and be shelterless as you were before and then in the deep silence which followed for i was speechless with indignation a voice soft and low but emphatic and significant said we strongly advise you to do this but you really must not write any more begging letters mr davies we do not consider ourselves justified in putting your case before the committee that ended the interview and i left them with the one sarcastic remark which i could not keep unsaid that i had not come there with any great hopes of receiving benefit and that i was not leaving greatly disappointed at this result these people passed judgment in a few minutes and were so confident that they did not think it worth while to call at the farmhouse for the opinion of a man who had known me for a considerable time no doubt they had made another mistake for some time before this an old pensioner an old lodger of the farmhouse had interviewed these people telling them a story of poverty and of starving wife and children the story was a fabrication from beginning to end yet they assisted this man on his bare word to the extent of ten shillings so as to enable him to lie about the farmhouse drunk for several days then some days after this the charity organization called at the farmhouse to see the manager 
and to make enquiries of this man whom they had so mysteriously befriended what cried that gentleman you have assisted this drunken fellow on his bare word and when i send cases to you that i know are deserving you sternly refuse to entertain them perhaps it was this instance fresh in their minds which gave them an idea that no good could come out of the farmhouse yet as far as my experience goes the object of these people was not so much to do good but to prevent good from being done for here for the second time they stepped between me and one who might have rendered me some aid what i found the most distasteful part of their system was the way in which they conceal the name of a would-be benefactor i had sent six books three to men and three to women one man had replied with a kind encouraging letter and the price of the book enclosed and one of the two others had written to the organization but on no account would they mention his name now when these people answer a letter of inquiry they have no other option than to say one of two things either that the applicant is an impostor and deserves no notice or that the case is genuine and deserving consideration they of course answered in the former strain withholding the gentleman's name so as to leave no opportunity to vindicate one's character the interference of these people put me on my mettle and i was determined not to follow their advice and tramp through another hard winter i had something like three shillings at the time of this interview so buying two shillings worth of stamps i posted a dozen books that very night being still warm with resentment the result of these were four kind letters each containing the price of the book only one or two were returned to me whether purchased or not which was done at my own wish before i again became penniless off went another dozen in this way i disposed of some sixty copies with more or less success some of these well-known people receiving the book as an unacknowledged gift and others quickly forwarding the price of the same the strangest part of this experience was this that people from whom i expected sympathy having seen their names so often mentioned as champions of unfortunate cases received the book as a gift whilst others from whom i had less hope because they appeared sarcastic and unfeeling in their writings returned the price of the work the manager was astonished at my receiving no answer from two or three well-known people whom he had recommended at last after disposing of sixty copies in this way two well-known writers corresponded with me one of whom i saw personally and they both promised to do something through the press relying on these promises i sent away no more copies being enabled to wait a week or two owing to the kindness of a playwriter an irishman as to whose mental qualification the world is divided but whose heart is unquestionably great private recognition was certainly not long forthcoming which was soon followed by a notice in a leading daily paper and in a literary paper of the same week these led to others to interviews and a kindness that more than made amends for past indifference it was all like a dream in my most conceited moments i had not expected such an amount of praise and they gathered in favour as they came until one wave came stronger than the others and threw me breathless of all conceit for i felt myself unworthy of it and of the wonderful sea on which i had embarked sleep was out of the question and new work was impossible what surprised me agreeably was the reticence of my fellow-lodgers who all knew but mentioned nothing in my hearing that was in any way disconcerting they were perhaps a little less familiar 
but showed not the least disrespect in their reserve as would most certainly have been the case if i had succeeded to a peerage or an immense fortune the lines on irish tim which were several times quoted were a continual worry to me thinking some of the more waggish lodgers would bring them to his notice poor tim no doubt would have sulked resenting this publicity but if the truth were known i would as soon do tim a good turn as any other man in the farmhouse boozy bob i suppose had been shown his name in print but bob thought it a great honour to be called boozy so when he stood drunk before me with his face beaming with smiles of gratitude for making use of his name at the same time saying good evening mr davies how are you i at once understood the meaning of this unusual civility and we both fell a-laughing but nothing more was said what a lot of decent honest fellows these were you must not be surprised said a gentleman to me at that time to meet less sincere men than these in other walks of life i shall consider myself fortunate in not doing so end of chapter thirty two recording by expatriate in bangor maine